Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the jazz queen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It's Saturday, September 8th, 2018. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Scroll down to Skinny Hightower's picture and click on that. That will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716. I am a big fan of my guest today. After acquiring positive reception from his label debut, Emotions, and reaching number one on the smooth jazz billboards with his first single, Taboo, Skinny Hightower seeks to stake his claim as a smooth jazz powerhouse with his third effort, Retrospect, out on Friday, September 14th. Skinny, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Terry. It's an, it's an oh, honor it to be is here my again. pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I am such. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I apologize. We have a slight delay here, so I'll try not to talk over you. Um, but uh, I am such a fan of you and your music. I love you. I love your music, and I, and I want to congratulate you on this new release. Thanks, Terry. I appreciate it. So I read your blog um, about the new release. And um, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to start with um, actually something you said about the Emotions CD, um, where you said that Mm -hmm. this what you hadn't really planned on releasing that CD was more like a, uh, I want to say more like a demo for the labels. Can you explain that? Yeah. um, Well, up until that point, I considered myself more of a producer than anything else. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I can do kind of in my sleep. So I did that album, not really focused on piano or anything like that, just the overall concept of the music and wanting to show labels or whatever that, hey, this is what I can do. Uh, I want to work with you guys and, you know, produce for some of your artists. And, you know, I've been shown a little bit of stuff on piano by my uh, my mother, but mm-hmm. I never really took it took it serious. But I decided to put that at the forefront, just as a way to you know advertise. This is what it might sound like. So I sent it you know to a few labels, and Tripping and Rhythm, a couple of them hit me back up. And Tripping Tripping and Rhythm, eventually we worked out an agreement, but they wanted to use me as an artist. So it was like like I was saying uh, in the blog, it was like everything you know, turned upside down. So now mm-hmm. I was being placed in a position to where I'm not in the background. I'm not just focused on making the music. I'm not just worried about doing chord changes and stuff like that. I have to focus in on an instrument and use that as a communication piece on top of the music. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a different transition, but I mean, I'm, I knew what I had to do from that moment on. And I, I, I decided to stick with piano to con- uh, continue the legacy of my mother, who was a piano player. Mm. And mm. I, would, I would practice and still do. 
I would practice for hours and hours a day. And that's why I was saying uh, people didn't hear any of my influences on emotion as far as piano because I wasn't, I wasn't taking piano serious at that point. So retrospect is more of, a, of me communicating, hey, this, this is now what I do. I'm serious about this, and it's only going to continue to move forward from here. Mm-hmm. Okay, now in your blog you did write, I went from being a behind-the-scenes producer to an on-stage artist. Talk about a drastic and immediate change. How? Mm-hmm. What are the challenges that you are finding now um, coming from be, as being coming forward and on the stage? What challenges are you right. finding now in terms of playing, um, you know, uh, being in front of an audience and, and playing your music? Right. To them, right? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I would say, and there's a there are different aspects to playing off stage. Um, you got the stage presence, you have the the skill of playing, and and a genre like this, a lot of people try to play perfectly. I don't believe mm-hmm. in that. I, I think I feel like if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Now you can't be up there just you know, doing whatever and messing up constantly, but you know, push yourself, stretch, stretch what you're doing. So that was that to me was the challenge, um, and it took me a while to kind of find my quote unquote voice on stage. But you know, I I, I had a plan um, and put a band together when we when, as soon as I got to uh, Kansas, and we just started you know playing everywhere we could pretty much. Because I wanted to, I wanted to find what I, what was natural to me, and I think over time I, find, I eventually, you know, came to a place where I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know what, mm-hmm. why I want to play on stage. I know what I want to do on stage, or what I and what I don't want to do, and you know, it just it came with time, and that's going to be a continuous, uh, continuous process. It's never going to be something where I'm just now. I'm just going to sit in this bubble. I'm always going to be stretching and trying to learn um, new things to do, different ways to uh, present, you know, present the music and speak through 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 the music. So, uh, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, that that was, to me, more than anything, that was probably the, the challenge that I faced initially. Okay. And so now as a producer, uh, what were the challenges and how did you approach them in terms of writing and producing retrospects? Man, you you asked some good questions. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so at first, uh, when I when I first, you know, started on retrospect, I talked to Jeff, the A and R, at the label, and I said, I'm gonna do some different stuff. It's not even gonna be, probably won't even be considered smooth jazz. I was gonna go in a completely different direction, because mm-hmm. you know over my time of, you know, studying piano and really diving into it and all the practice and watching different uh, legendary jazz pianists, I, I started, my mindset started changing about my approach to smooth jazz. So I, I was, I don't want to say bored. I just wanted to try something different. And I, that's that's something that's always going to be natural in me. It's, it's always something I have to feed. So when I first started on retrospect, it was going to be, something completely off the wall, but we had a conversation. He kind of redirected me and said, you know, you can still 
you can still experiment, you can still explore, but just do it in a way that communicates to the people that are are listening to this music. It still has to mm-hmm. resonate with them in some way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that at, when I first heard that, I was like, eh, I ain't I ain't worried about that. But I, I let it sink in. You know, that's that's my initial reaction to everything that that I don't agree with. If somebody brings it to me, I might not accept it right then and there. But if I, you know, take some time to think about it, meditate on it, sleep on it, then I, I get a, a clear understanding of the whole picture. So I, I said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do do this uh, within the within certain areas of smooth jazz, but I'm gonna put my voice over this. So the core the core changes are not gonna be the standard. Uh, the way the song structure is is not gonna be the standard. The way I play on top of it is not gonna be the standard. I just wanted to do things that would push the limits, but still within uh, within what could be. I don't even want to want to say considered smooth jazz. It would just be listenable to the people that enjoy smooth jazz. Right, right. Um, you also said that you were one miscommunication away from exiting stage left. So had not the yeah. label yeah. Um, agreed with you, you were ready to leave. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't really that. It was. I mean, it was when we first had that conversation, and it's not anything that I really want to put out there. It was just yeah. a, mis- a miscommunication. Uh, okay. I was still wanting to work with the label and still wanting to do um, do good music, but I just wanted to do something different. But, you mm-hmm. know, it was it was just a, a miscommunication, basically. Um, it was interpreted in, in the wrong way, and I okay. don't want to put everything out there, but it got resolved after, you know, you know, I came back and said, no, I still want to do uh, smooth jazz. I just want to do that differently. So it was, uh, yeah, it got it got resolved. It wasn't it, it wasn't really even a big deal, but it was a big turning point in my approach to how I do this music. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's talk about the artists that are that you have on this release, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll get into some music. So tell us about the artists. Okay, um, and really, there's very few featured artists on this album. Uh, we got Constantine Clashtorny. Um A lot of people know him as Cool and Clean. I, he's, to me, one of my favorite saxophone players to work with. Uh, very fast. He has an excellent feel, which to me is the, the bit, one of the biggest things you possess as a musician, is the feel, knowing what to play on what. And then uh, Almond Johnson on guitar, who's an up-and-coming guitarist. He's actually been, actually been playing for a long time, but he's got a different style. I like to use guitarists that don't really play smooth jazz. They're more into rock and stuff like that. And um, also B.B. Uh, Merrill. She's from Wichita, Kansas. Um, excellent singer. She's very diverse, powerful voice, but she can also bring it down. Uh, very well, and you know I decided to use her. And I normally am not a fan of um, having vocals on a, a a smooth jazz or a jazz album, but you know I wanted to try something different, so I decided to you know go with the vocalist that I think would fit in what I was trying to do at the particular time, and she fit perfectly. 
Uh, and then also on drums, Nate Smith, one of my favorite drummers. He's playing on most of the songs on the album. And I think that uh, that really set the foundation of the tone that I was wanting to set for this album. Somebody that's very extravagant with their playing and is not afraid to do uh, uncommon themes um, in, a, in a recording session. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I have several favorites on um, this release retrospect. By the way, there are 15 tracks on this release. Um, and so I have mm-hmm. several favorites. And From the Heart is one of them. Is that your dog? Mm. <laughs> oh, no. This is amazing from- dog. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it loud? So from, uh, I can hear him. Yeah. I'll go somewhere else. All right. So from the heart, that featuring. Yes, that's fine. Thank you. Um, welcome to the chat room, guest two four eight. Welcome to the show. Um, so from the heart, featuring Constantine Clashtorny, um, is one of my favorite tracks, and I'm going to play this one. Tell me about this track. Um, basically, you know, it's a mid to up tempo um, song, and I wanted to do some chords that are kind of uncommon. Uh, they're they're actually pretty dissonant, but the, the common listener probably won't won't notice it. But um, mm-hmm. I pulled a little bit from Joe Sample as, as far as the the playing, and basically the meaning behind the song. You know, anything you do that's worth doing. You need to do it from the heart, or else it's not going to, mm. you know, have have a particular effect that you want. So that's what this song is really speaking about. All right, this is from the heart.
That was From the Heart, featuring saxophonist Constantine Clash-Torney from Skinny Hightower's new release, Retrospect. All right, Skinny, let's talk about how you prepared for Retrospect in terms of practicing mm-hmm. and studying. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so it was a about a year-long process, um, probably a little bit longer that, took, that started taking place right after I did emotions. Uh, kind of goes back mm-hmm. to what I was saying before about the recognition of what it was going to take from me to do what I needed to do effectively. So uh, it started out because I'm, I'm the kind of person I need to know what I'm getting myself into. So it started out with me watching the top artists, the top jazz pianists, uh, Art Tatum, um, and then just working my way down the list. Uh, I, I listen to I, I would listen to and watch him, um, Oscar Peterson, Keith Jarrett, Bud Powell, Bill Evans. I mean, I could name at least 50 of them, and I would study them and still and still do. And mm-hmm. I, I was trying to, you know, you know, take things from from them that I could use. I didn't want to play like any of them. I wanted to take what I could, you know, take a little bit from this this pianist, take some from that one and put it all together and shake it up and see what I could come up with. And, you know, I, I kind of honed in on a couple of them that really caught my attention. Bill Evans, um, he was classically classically trained, but the way he played, it was pretty hard to describe. You really can't uh, put it into words. And then Joe Sample, um, who did smooth jazz for, for a time. He worked with the Jazz Crusaders, and then he did – Ashes to Ashes and Spellbound, and the way he played on those albums, since he was accustomed to doing stuff that was more on the traditional or the edgy side, or you could even say uh, encompassed more blues than it did mm-hmm. uh, jazz or smooth jazz, the way he played on these uh, smooth jazz productions was something I'd never really heard from anybody before or after him. And that that's what caught my attention about him. So um, after you know after studying, I, I, I would practice you know hours a day. And I was still in the military, so I would wake up uh, probably about three o'clock, practice for a couple hours, go to work, uh, come home, practice some more, uh, eat something, practice and study some more. Like all I did was practice for a year for about six months straight. Then I got out of the military, and I wanted to focus in on music. So I just stopped I stopped working, and I, I put all my attention towards music and just, you know, practice basically nonstop. And I'm, I'm still that way. I'm real big on practice um, and not just, you know, random practice or what I call noodling, where you sit behind the, the instrument and just play. I, I, I was planning out what I wanted to work on. Like I'm, for this set of time, I'm gonna do scales, and then I'm gonna work on chord voices, modes, and you know I would go through the whole list of working on anything I could to prepare. And when I felt like I was comfortable, where I could communicate the way I wanted to, that's when I started recording. So I didn't I didn't record one note until I I knew that this is this is my voice, this is how I need to play, and I'm I'm gonna um, just see what happens. Now, through all of that practicing and studying, 
Was there a aha moment that just struck you? I mean, that just yeah. really, really surprised you. Yeah. Yeah, it was when um, I really started paying attention to modes, and I, I used it to a heavy extent on uh, retrospect, but not as drastically mm-hmm. as I really wanted to. Um, but that was the moment. I think that's that's kind of more of what I um, I like to incorporate. But um, it was that, and really when I started uh, paying attention to what Joe Sample was doing, that was, to me, mm-hmm. the aha moment. Because it was like what happened in my mind was you don't have to play what everybody expects you to play. You can play the way you want to play on this in a way that, that um, – communicates effectively that has emotion behind it and it's not just something that I'm recording this because I think people are like this no it's just like Bill Evans said you you as a musician are your audience first you're your first audience so if you're Mm -hmm. not into it what how can you expect anybody else to be so it's been it's got to be something that that's true to you first and then we can talk about everybody else liking it and it's not your job to convince them to like it or dislike it you have to like it first and then you put it out there and that's the the the, the beauty of the creative field like art and music and stuff like that it's a subjective uh, type of work you're doing putting all this time into something and you don't know if people are going to like it or not so you might as mm-hmm. well I, I was thinking so you might as well stop wasting your time trying to figure out what people will like and just do what's true to you, what's natural to you. And, you know, people will, they'll either draw to it or they, they won't. It's, it's, that's out of your control. Mm, okay. All right. Now you are not only playing the piano on retrospect, but you're also playing other instruments, particularly the vibraphone on people make the world go round. Yeah. Why did you want to choose that interest? Why did you choose that instrument? Um, well, the way I record songs is I don't I don't plan it out. I just I start usually with the drums and I just work my way up from there. I kind of, sometimes I'll I'll write a song on piano and get the chord structure going, but usually I like to let everything happen naturally. So with that song, it started out with the drums, and then I added the bass and some. Uh, background keyboard parts and stuff like that and when I listened to it I, w- I was thinking piano is not the right voice for this and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty big on voicing so if it doesn't uh, fit right like the voice isn't the right voice for that song it's not going to communicate effectively so I was trying to think what would what what does this song need in order for this you know to communicate the way it needs to and you know, e-piano, the suitcase piano kind of, uh, it it sounded like it would work, but it just didn't have that right uh, that right tone. And I started messing around, and I, I thought about, you know, some of Roy Ayer's stuff and all that, and I was like, that's what I need, vibraphone. So that's what, it, that's what drew me into using the vibraphone on that song. And have you always played the vibraphone? Yeah, but it it had been a long time. Um, I was a vibraphone in uh, the jazz band and concert band when I was in high school. 
So, you know, it's, to me, it's like a combination of playing drums and piano. So it just kind of came natural to me. But, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, the whole time I've, I've, I've known how to play them. But I just, you know, really didn't draw to it that, that often. And the, okay. weird, the weird thing is, it, it's, it's weird because if I practice on one instrument, I get better at all the others. I don't know how that works, but that's, that's the way it happens. So all that time I was practicing on piano, I was getting better on vibraphone at the same time. Mm, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a listen. This is Skinny's version of People Make the World Go Round, and he is on the vibraphone on this one.
make the world go round. That is Skinny Hightower's uh, on the vibraphone there. Nice touch, Skinny. I like that uh, very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's got that, that Roy Ayers sound uh, most definitely. Yes. Yes. All right. I want to read a couple of reviews. I'm going to start with Ronald Jackson from the Smooth Jazz Ride. This latest retrospect is living, breathing proof that Hightower has that it factor. Retrospect packs its own mighty wallop and definitely cements him as a super qualified man of the ivories. Consistently combining finesse, funk, and soul in his style, Hightower continues his march to a solid ranking among those top-tier pianists, gracing this genre with quality. Get a taste of this one. You can read that full review at thesmoothjazzride.com. Jonathan Wittran says, If smooth jazz needs inspiration for a unique and meaningful future, its artist needs to look no further than Skinny Hightower an extraordinary artist who defines the norm by following his own muse and drawing on his limitless creative potential rather simply following the hit-making patterns of the past. And that is from Jonathan Widran. Now, you mentioned Mm. um, Joe Sample, uh, the influence that Joe Sample had on you on this release. Jonathan also said about that, the Sample influence Mm. is simply the foundation for an album that has all the pocket urban jazz sensibilities we love. Lush, infectious melodies, sprinkles of cheerful improvisation, lighthearted grooves galore, but takes all those out into explorations that defy easy categorization. So that's a great mm. um, great review there about uh, Joe Sample and the influence he had on you yeah. on this release. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, those, yeah, I'm humbled by those reviews also. I mean, they're very well written and uh, to yeah. me sounded objective, unbiased. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very thankful for those reviews also. Yeah. All right. Another favorite of mine um, is another cover you did called Optimistic. I'm going to play that next. I love this song. Tell me about that. Um, actually, I was driving around. Um, I don't even remember where I was going, but I heard, I listened to it. I think I was listening to the radio or, uh, matter of fact, no, it was uh, August Green. It's an album that uh, Common, Robert Glasper, and uh, I can't remember the other other guy's name, but they collaborated on an album, and one of the songs they did was a cover of Optimistic, and soon as I heard it, I, I listened to it. I was like, I remember that song from back in the day. So I mm-hmm. went back and listened to, listened to the original. Um, and I really don't like doing covers, but, I mean, the chord structure, it had been so long since I heard that song, and that chord structure reminded me of the way my mom used to play. So I was like, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And that same day, I laid everything down, did that song, and... You know, it's, to me, it's just a song that feels good, and it has a, a very powerful message. It basically embodies what I want to do, is inspire people, mm-hmm. to, you know, to be true to themselves. You can win. Yeah. Just keep your, keep your head to the sky, like the lyrics say. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I felt that I had to put this on the album, you know, to, uh, you know, encourage people. And it wasn't even really about sound as much as it was the message 
behind the actual song. Mm. All right. I'm talking to keyboardist, pianist, multi-instrumentalist, Skinny Hightower about his new release, Retrospect. If you'd like to call in with a question, the number is 646-716-5485. This is Optimistic.
sorry about that. That is my favorite song on this CD. I have several, but that is one of my favorites. I mm. love that. That was Optimistic from Skinny Hightower's new release, Retrospect. All right. Um, before I let you go, Skinny, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the release? Um, well, I think I think you covered all the bases. Questions okay. you asked at the beginning uh, they were pretty strong. But, uh, yeah, it'll be out uh, September 14th on Friday. Um, I really appreciate the support from anybody that gets it. And you can get one, two, five, ten copies, a hundred. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but every every everything's appreciated. So and and, and thank okay. you again for for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now two things I want to ask you about. One, Vane Productions. Tell me about that. You said oh, Vane Productions. Um, mm-hmm. Well, basically, it's an idea. Um, I just want to, you know, provide production uh, for artists that have the talent but don't have the, you know, the funds to be able to, you know, get all that production done to get a, an album completed. So that's that's pretty much the idea behind that. It's just working with artists um, financially and doing what they need to do to get an album out. So okay. yeah, that's, that's basically yeah, basically the concept behind that. Okay, and the second question is the your stage name Skinny Hightower. Now, I first saw this on your Cloud Nine release, and I've often wondered how you came up with the name. So my thought was, you, um, you're a slim man, so that's how Skinny came about, and Hightower <laughs> is your mother's maiden name. That's that's my thought. No, no, that's. <laughs> That's a good that's a good guess, but no, that that ain't it. Uh, I think I, I don't know if I said it before, but uh, when I was in the military, I, you know, I started doing jazz later in my military career. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, back then I was known for being a health nut, and I still am. So I was real slender. Uh, and they, when they found out I was doing jazz, they said you're like a, a skinny Mister Hightower. Because you know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't listen to they don't listen to jazz, so they don't know any jazz artists. But uh, they knew about Steve Steve Hightower from the the uh, Steve yeah the Steve Hightower show. So they mm-hmm. said you know you like a skinny Mr. Hightower, and I I thought you know that sounds kind of cool, so I just put them together skinny skinny Hightower, and that's how the name came about. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well it's a very memorable name for sure. Um, so yeah. yeah, all right. Where are you playing next? Uh, the release party uh, on the 14th September. That's our next uh, our next date. And that's going to be at the Olive Tree in Wichita, Kansas. And then um, the next focus after that will be Catalina Island, and we'll be there in October. And that's you know that's going to be a fun event. We got some other stuff mm-hmm. uh, in the works, uh, some other festivals that we'll. Uh, we'll be looking to play at. We're still working those details out. But yeah, that's basically what's next. So, all right. All Let every... Oh, okay. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, I'm on Facebook at Skinny Hightower Music, Instagram, Skinny Hightower, YouTube, Skinny Hightower. And you can go to my website, skinnyhightower.com. Um, everything you need is there. Uh, it's basically a, a one a one stop shop 
And it's also got some, you know, T-shirts and stuff for people that that like to try to have some style. Okay. All right. I'm going to close the show with Next to You, the only vocal on the CD. Tell me about this one. Um, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to do something different and expand. So I said, why not try something uh, with vocals on it? And, you know, in doing that, I still didn't want to do a straight-up R&B song. You know, I wanted to do something mm-hmm. that, you know, had a, a soulful vibe. Um, I mean, kind of kind of hard to explain. It's, it's just it has a different flavor to it. It's probably more geared toward yeah. the mature audience. But at the same time, I think um, youngsters will gra- gravitate toward it too. And, you know, and looking for a vocalist, going back to what I said before, B.B. Um, Merrill, she just fit. She had that. She had that sound, and you know we worked together in the studio, and she knocked it out quick. It was natural. So, um, yeah, it was written by her, and we just you know arranged everything together, and this song, this song was born. All right. Well, I will close the show with that. Thank you so much, Mr. Hightower. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you again. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Keyboard is Skinny Hightower's new release is called Retrospect. You'll find that on his website, SkinnyHightower.com, Amazon, iTunes, and all those places that you buy your music. Definitely support him and purchase this CD. I think you're going to like If you like what you've heard so far, I think you'll like the rest of the CD. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time. Until then, keep it smooth. This is Next to You. Have a great day, Skinny. You too. Thanks, Terry. Bye. All right, take it easy.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen, on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz, and visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com.